Well, good morning, everyone. It's shortly after 11. It is Tuesday morning, and this is Chat My Chap, episode 183. And I am your host, Ginger Wade. Today, we're going to be talking about intergenerational learning. Sometimes you hear that as multi-generational learning. It's the same concept. But first, I'm going to give you your tip of the day. Your homeschool tip of the day is... Choose an evaluator now. So if you do not have an evaluator or the evaluator you worked with last year uh, was not someone you want to stick with, it's a good time now to be thinking about that simply because their schedules fill up. If you wait until May or June to find one, it may be pretty hard to find one. So be thinking about that. And actually, if you start doing it now, you'll have time to interview them and talk to them a little bit about where they're coming from. Uh, and see if that works with where you're coming from. So check that out. And if you want more help about evaluators and what their actual role is in the homeschooling environment, you can check out Chat with Chap episodes 118 and 119. We had a fabulous pair of interviews there with various evaluators in the homeschool community, and we talked about what evaluators' roles really were. So those were really great episodes 118 and 119. Okay. Another thing there is uh, I wanted to share with you is there is a testing. We shared a post a few days ago about some discounts on some testing um, resources if you're testing this year. Well, I don't know if you're familiar with NARI. It's the National Home Education Research Institute headed up by Brian Ray. They're out in Oregon, and they are amazing. They do a lot of research on homeschoolers and um, just proving that homeschooling is a viable option, really important, and really good for our kids and families. Well, they their data on testing results and, and how homeschooling affects testing is, is old. It's 20 years old now. They did it a long time ago. So they're looking for new folks who are willing to um, have their children tested and share the results of their tests. We will have further information coming out on this, but if you have not purchased your cat on the cheap sale thing, hold off on that because um, Neri actually wants folks to take the Iowa. So if you're willing to take part of this little homeschool um, test research thing that's going on, we're going to have further information about it soon. Keep your eyes peeled on our page. Uh, we will send it out on e-news too. But if you have not, and actually if you have purchased the cat, you can save it for a later time too, like another year when you need it. But Please consider being part of this uh, testing research that's coming up, and you will hear more about it from us soon. All right, on to our topic, intergenerational learning. What is intergenerational learning or multi-generational learning? What on earth is that? Like, have you ever heard that before? Uh, well, it's learning amongst different ages, right? Uh, many generations. It could be not even specifically learning, like academic learning. It could be simple living amongst varying generations. Uh, kids with parents and grandparents, you know, spanning many years uh, of experience and life age. So why is this an important thing? This is a good thing. Intergenerational learning is wonderful, but why? Let's talk about it a little bit. So let's think about... Um, our standard government school, private school setup. What does that look like? You have kids, they come together with people the same age. The only person who's different is the one teacher in the room. And you're with those people all the time. You're the same age. Um, 
is, then let's think about that scenario where you're in that scenario for years and years and years. And then you leave that scenario. Are there other places in the world in your life experience where that is going to be the case, where you're going to be in a space with only people your very own age, with your very own level of experience um, and, and knowledge? Well, um, a lot of learning situations are like that. Sunday school is like that uh, commonly. Co-ops are like that if they're large. Typically, smaller co-ops have multiple ages in their classes. Uh, sports, maybe. I mean, you have, like, we have 12U, 14U, 16U, softball. You know, it's only two ages there in those groups. Uh, it's the learning environments, for the most part, and sports. Um, but let's think about the workplace. What does the workplace look like? When you go out to the workplace, are you going to be in a place where everyone's the same age, with the same level of experience? Uh, no, not normally. Normally, there's going to be obviously people who have been with the company for, well, it's less common now to be with the company for a long time, but definitely varying levels of experience, uh, skill level, uh, age, these types of things. Um, so the school scenario where you find everybody being the same age is it's a faulty scenario. Like you're not like when you're at family functions, everyone's different ages. When you're at work, everyone's different ages. When you go to worship at church, everyone's different ages. You go and volunteer somewhere. People are at different ages and stages, right? So it's, it's not really a realistic scenario, the, the public school setup or even the private school setup where everyone is the same age. So when we're stuck in that single age group, uh, and you're stuck there for many years. It's very hard. I mean, I was there. It's hard to relate to people who are not your age. You know, when I was there, you know, the older kids are, oh, it's the older kids. And the younger kids are, oh, it's the younger kids. And you're not, you don't learn to relate to those other ages. And when you get out and you're with adults, it's hard to talk to them or relate to them or make eye contact with them or, or whatever. It creates this handicap that people cannot communicate with people of differing ages once they get out. So when you are homeschooling, and even if you have a single child, but when you have multiple children in the home, well, obviously you have multiple ages and you got to, to deal with that. But with single children, you have opportunity to get out there and volunteer or be involved with people of different ages. Uh, it's wonderful if you can have grandparents involved because there is that personal desire for connection there with grandparents and their grandchildren. Um, how does this interaction with other uh, generations help us grow? Why is this beneficial? Well, it sets up realistic scenarios. That's the first reason, because we just talked about it. It's not a realistic scenario to be with a clump of 30 people who are your same age. It just typically does not happen. Maybe in some type of vocations it might happen. But for the most part, there's going to be a mix of people. Uh, sometime in your life, you'll be with, with people from a different background. And when you have exposure early, it gives you the opportunity to learn how to interact with people of different backgrounds and different ages. Uh, and that is a way you learn to communicate with people better when you're exposed to that earlier. Why another reason to do multi-generational learning is that we can learn from others no matter what their age, whether they're older than us, whether they're younger than us, there's always something that another person knows that you do not know. 
So uh, there's a great, here's a great example. Obviously, grandparents have a lot of experience, life experience they can share with their kids. But think about this. What about the grandkids who seem to be born these days with the ability to make technology function, right? It's just weird. Like they just somehow know how this stuff is supposed to work. And obviously those of us who are older and weren't born with this stuff all around us are on this learning curve. Well, kids have the opportunity to be the teacher and to guide uh, older folks, grandparents, or even friends uh, somewhere else outside the home who need help learning how to function with their technology. It's a great way for them to learn to be the teacher and the leader and to be caring in their communications and teaching these things. Uh, obviously, youngsters can learn history from grandparents, what life was like for them when they were younger. Uh, how, maybe they can discuss how the United States has changed, how things have changed, the social dynamics have changed uh, over the years, and they can analyze that together. Uh, grandparents can teach. My mom teaches my kids, uh, my younger ones, up till sixth grade. She works with them on composition and reading. She she teaches them about hymns, and they read lots of poetry they do writing together. It's a wonderful little bond that they have, and they have all really, really appreciated that connection. If your grandparents don't want to teach, they could take kids on field trips or just simply be around. Be around so your grandkids can interact with you. You have something to share with your grandkids, and they want to know you. Third, familiarity with others is also important for quality and comfortable interaction. So if you live in this bubble where you're with 30 kids who are all the same age as you, it's this weirdo bubble. And then you get out there and you don't know how to have quality, comfortable conversations with people of differing ages, whether they're younger or older or whatever. It's just because of uh, familiarity or exposure. So when you are given the opportunity to interact with many different aged people, you feel comfortable doing it. It's no big deal. You just They're just a person. You just go talk to them. Uh, but if you don't have that, if you're not forced into those situations, you don't know if they interact with you the way you interact with your friends or whatever. Like if your only interaction is with an authority figure like a teacher in your room, you think you have to interact with all people like their teachers. And it's not necessarily the case. So it's really helpful in building relationships to have exposure to differing ages as you're growing up. So... um when we're exposed to all those people who are different, we do become more comfortable relating with them. Uh, but most importantly, exposure to different people helps us to grow in meaningful communication. I had mentioned that earlier. No doubt the differing ages have differing viewpoints of life in the world, right? So you can learn to discuss these differing viewpoints. You can learn to convey maybe even opposite ideas, but in a kind and gentle way. You can even learn to debate subjects um, by having the opportunity to interact with, with grandparents. It's especially special with grandparents because they have a bond with your children. They have a love for your children. And that will supersede all, hopefully, all disagreements, right? So that enables us to see that we can have disagreements and we can discuss topics and not get get nasty to each other, not be like unfriendly or not say I never want to talk to you again. It, it kind of teaches how to talk about things that are hard without being damaging or not being vicious to others. 
that is really, really important in today's day and age. So intergenerational learning can have great impact on us, uh, teaches us about differing views with understanding and care. Like I said, even debate. Debate is largely lost in today's society. And man, it would be good to have that skill of debate again. Uh, it creates an environment that's realistic, inter intergenerational learning. It's realistic. That's how the, the world is, right? It's rich in bonds between people and information shared and experiences shared. There's so much that can happen when you have many generations of people learning together. It will strengthen your family bonds. It will also equip your kids and you in other scenarios and other life scenarios. It'll help you to learn to communicate to younger folks and to older folks. Uh, there is an article that Demi Learning put out a little while ago that was really helpful uh, about intergenerational learning. It's demilearning.com slash intergenerational dash learning dash importance. So I think if you go out there and search for intergenerational learning importance, you probably find that article is really good and solid. You want to check it out at demilearning.com. It was very helpful. So the experiences of each generation are unique, right? What we're experiencing is not what our kids are experiencing, is not what our parents are, are exper have experienced. So sharing them with each other and receiving stories with open ears will greatly help the tie that binds our hearts together. So this doesn't necessarily have to be family. It could be anyone. Maybe there's someone like the adopted grandma at church or in the community that um, needs a friend and you guys go and you you welcome this person into your life but they have different life experiences and you can learn to be caring and loving to them and learn from them and they can learn from you and it's just learning how to build relationship which is why we're here god wants us to build relationship it is the most important thing encourage intergenerational learning in your homeschool uh it is it is super valuable it's like one of those things like life skills uh that we tend to forget about because the law doesn't touch these things, right? The law talks about the academics and make sure you do the math and make sure you do the English and the science and the history, but it doesn't talk about make sure your kids know how to do laundry and make sure your kids know how to communicate with people of differing ages. It doesn't cover that, but these are the things that are most important, right? It's, it's the lives, it's the relationships, it's the strengthening of our bonds together. Uh, and it's, it'll be super valuable for you and for your children and it will, it will change. It will change the way the community functions if you're teaching your children to talk uh, respectfully and care kindly and caringly in among the different generations. So invite parents. Invite parents to help you in, to help you. Invite parents in to help you in your homeschool as you teach your children to follow Christ in all of life. You can do it together. They can share wonderful experiences that they've had walking with Jesus with you and with your children. What a wonderful testimony that would be and how it would show your kids how important Jesus has been in your family through generations. And if you don't have that in your grandparents, still reach out to them if you can. But maybe there's another person who's a mentor, another grandparent aged person who has testimony that you can bring into your family and have them share with your kids. It's very important to be telling the stories of what God is doing in our lives from generation to generation. And uh, to, to stress the importance of how special it is to have those connections. So enjoy that time with your children. Enjoy that time with the grandparents, with the children, all learning together. And I'll tell you what, wherever you can, whether it's in Sunday school or co-op or whatever, encourage intergenerational learning. Uh, encourage people 
to be involved across age spans. And it is tricky. Sometimes it's tricky. I direct a drama and it's from 7th through 12th grade. And let me tell you, the differences from 7th grade to 12th grade are incredible. But it's good because these these teens, these kids get to learn how to work together as a team across these weird, you know, junior high, what a weird time, across these differing ages. And they learn how to support each other and work together. So that's just with kids. But I'm talking, man, and invite the adults in and invite older folks in. It's so important and it will only make your homeschool better. So I hope you're encouraged today with that. I hope you have someone in mind that you can have connect with you and your children uh, to share this idea of intergenerational learning. It will bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you again next Tuesday. Bye now.